right. Um, good evening, uh, everybody. Thanks for joining uh, this evening. Uh, so our second performance in our session. I know you've all had hard training weeks and hard training days. Um, just a reminder, what we're trying to get out of these sessions is to really share uh, knowledge, experience, uh, understand, you know, why we train the way we train and to also bring on some guest speakers to get some inspiration, motivation. So in those dark, long hours and those where you've got to dig deep in races and in training, you know, you can go away and say, let's not only you suffer, even the best in the world are suffering. So I'm delighted that we have uh, Ailey on the quarter tonight, a world champion. Um, so really appreciate your time, Ailey. Um, you've got a, a, a group of athletes that are really keen to understand what you're about. Um, some of us done X-Try, uh, a few people have done Keltman, uh, some on the core are actually going to be doing Norseman this year as well as Swissman. So I think we're eagerly looking for some tips of how to, to make it a little bit less painful. Um, uh, but to sort of sort of set the scene, um, uh, I did some research on Ailey because I know you're very modest. Um, uh, and I just wanted to share to the rest of the group some of her background, just so sort of you can sort of see the sort of the, the company that you're in. So Ailey, uh, originally from Aberdeen, but currently live in Stavanger, I think it is, in Norway. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Um, your first triathlon, you know, um, this is astounding. You just rocked up and did the Keltman. It was your first ever triathlon <laughs> in 2021. Uh, yep. You won that, but you won it by 11 seconds. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, that's a sprint finish that I'm, I'm sure we'd like to understand, and hopefully you unpack that a bit more. Uh, a sprint shuffle at the end of a, a Keltman. Um, that win results in you qualifying for the X-Tri World Championships, which, as you know, is in is in Norway and, and the Norseman Triathlon course. Um, but you then returned in 2022 to the Keltman again, um, where you defended your title. And I think the conditions, fair to say, were a little bit challenging on that day. Um, yeah, you could see that. <laughs> Uh, I was there actually, fortunately in a van supporting one of the athletes that's on the call. So um, you can tell us all about the wind, the, the headwinds, the, the, the you know the, the, the jellyfish. I'm, I'm sure we're really keen to understand some of that. Um, and then I think this is quite astounding. You know, the after you sort of did the Topman the second time, it was only six weeks later that you were off to Norway, uh, where you rocked up first ever time and won, and are now the X Tri World Champion. Um, so I think it's a very impressive resume. Um, <laughs> I should just uh, stop now. <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. I think uh, I mean, it's great. I mean, it gives us something to all, all, all to sort of aspire to. Um, so the way we're going to structure this, guys, is we're going to start by um, looking at Ailey's background, her sporting pedigree, what motivated to get into to, to sport and then the endurance triathlon. Um, then we'll sort of take a look at some of the, those, those events, Keltman Norseman, how she trains, uh, any tips that she can give us. And the last thing is really, I guess, you know, what's your next challenge and what words of wisdom can we take away to apply to ourselves to get a little bit better every every day? Um, so the first question I'd like to just kick it off with is really, you know, you, you, you're you the world champion in extra and any world champion in anything is a high performer in my, in my, in my, in my eyes. So what, what do you think high performance means to you? Um, it's quite funny because when I when I think of like high performance mindset of, or high performance, I think of people taking it too seriously. Um, and I know from my past uh, that doesn't work well with me. And I think that these events, these extreme events for people that have jobs and have families and have other commitments to perform well in these events, we need balance and it's all about the lifestyle and having something that you can do week in, week out, which gives you joy. Each time you do it, you enjoy the challenge, you enjoy the journey and you just take away. Um, so really it's about being consistent and about finding a balance that you can do. So I would say it's quite a different um, take on what most people would think, most people would think um, high performance is about getting the really tiny nitty gritty things and making sure that everything is totally structured and totally correct. But I think in these events, you would just, you would lose your mind after like two weeks of that mentality. Um, so I think a high performance mindset in 
an extreme triathlon setting is about balance, enjoyment, having fun, and, and just keeping it an adventure is what I say. Trying different yeah. things, being flexible. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think, the, you know, you said consistency and we, we had a, a, um, a, a talk last month from a lady called Christina McKenzie, who's the, the women's record holder from Lansing and John O'Groats, the NT500. And she said very similar things consistently. Just turn up every day, do your best. And those days build on build and build. And then, yeah, you know, exactly. you, 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 you become excellent at what you do. It's almost that like 1% better every day, isn't yeah. it? And I yeah. think, but with consistency, you have to find a balance that works for you. Different people will have a different balance that they can manage with the different stresses in their lives, jobs, maybe kids. Um, not everybody can do the same thing, but it's about finding that rhythm that you can do, that you can keep turning up where you're not exhausted or you don't feel undemotivated by it. It's finding finding your own personal jive. I call it my jive, finding my jive. Your jive, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you've not always been a high performing world champion. So if you rewind the clock uh, uh, a few years, because uh, I know you're a lot younger than, than, than certainly me and most on the call. So can you tell us a bit about your sporting background? You know, what led you to this point? Yeah, so I used to do a sport called modern pentathlon, which sounds like the most middle class sport in the world. I know, please do not prejudge me. <laughs> um, it's running, swimming, shooting, horse riding and fencing. Um, and I did it for um, at an international level since I was about 14. And I used to be really good when I was younger and I won medals at Youth World Championships and Youth European um, Championships. And then as I got into the senior ranks, I had some injuries and I just could never really reach the level that I could when I was younger. And I always felt frustrated by it. I felt that my um, I was living this very, very structured lifestyle and I saw my family out running up hills and just being able to really enjoy the, the sport that they were doing. And I was aiming for the Olympics and it was always my dream to get to the Olympics. And I really felt that if I could just perform at the competitions it was like I, I could be capable of it and then in 2019 I just it was like one day I realized you know what it's not even it's not my dream to go to the Olympics I don't actually I don't want to do that anymore um the Olympics is an amazing thing and I have so much respect for for people who can perform at that that high level but I just realized it wasn't for me that structured mindset I didn't I, I didn't thrive off it. I, I didn't enjoy the pressure of the competitions. Um, and, and I wasn't particular. yeah, we didn't enjoy it. So then um, came famous 2020, COVID. <laughs> we all know what happened there. So I had some more time to, well, my dad actually has always been uh, into cycling. So I uh, bought a secondhand gravel bike and started joining him on some of the cycles. And really the, the kind of, and, and I changed from doing flat, shorter running to running up hills because I was so fed up of looking at the time or looking at intervals or going to a track and having to hit a specific time and kind of your, the rest of your day being ruined if you were two seconds over it. So, so I, I started running up hills and it was great because it's hard work, but who cares how fast you go? Nobody knows. <laughs> um, and then it was the same with the cycling. It was just about trying to kind of complete it and keep up with my dad at the start and um and that was what I really in, enjoyed about it was that different challenge where you kind of have metrics but you don't really have these it's all about just kind of completing it and you get to enjoy it more if you're running up a hill you get a great view cycling you can see lots of different things and yeah just appreciating Aberdeenshire and um kind of the the being outside and the scenery and then yeah the the you said the rest, it kind of just followed on, adventures got bigger and, and whatnot. But it was really the realizing for me that this structured, high high performance mindset wasn't actually something that yeah. worked for me or I wanted to kind of do anymore. Yeah, no. You, so you talk about like when you were training for the Olympic qualification, there was a lot of pressure on you, but was there was also a lot of pressure from friends, coaches, family? I mean, you know, was that a tough decision to actually, you know, give up, you know, yeah. a, a big part of your life and, and just sort of turn your back on it almost? 
yeah, it was a very big decision, and I'm lucky that I've got incredibly supportive family, and they just, my mum just wanted me to be happy, <laughs> really. Um, yeah. So they supported kind of everything that I had done. But yeah, you do think, oh my goodness, I've, this is this is what I trained for, and now I'm I'm am I quitting? Am I a quitter? I'm not a quitter, but um, yeah, just coming to terms with that took took a while, but then redirecting my energies into kind of cycling and hill running, I think that uh, definitely helped. <laughs> So I'm not I'm not an expert on modern pentathlon, but I don't think you run, shoot, fence, and horse ride for sort of 15, 17 hours. So what made you switch from that sport into what I guess is we'd, we'd probably call an ultra endurance type of sport? What was your motivation, and who got you into that? Yeah, so it was just really joining my dad, doing these hill runs where you don't have to, um, where you're, I'm not worried about kind of any track specific time or um, yeah I'm not worried about hitting any target and then keeping up with my dad on the bike and he had uh, been entered in Keltman in 2020 which then got delayed to 2021 and through this time I'm just cycling with him I'm I've started uh, doing uh, running up Monroe's gathering I think I did like 90 Monroe's I had I had a period where I wasn't working for like maybe eight weeks and I did something stupid like 80 or 90 Monroe's in that in that eight weeks um so it was a but it all kind of happened quite quickly and I also felt that my body was, was responding to it really well I'd been used to doing these shorter more intense training sessions but I found I got a lot out of the longer stuff and it was working really well with me I I felt I had so much energy more energy than I'd ever had before because I wasn't really actually worried about what I was eating anymore there's you know the whole that kind of thing to 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 when you're when you're aiming for the Olympics I was having the fish and chip diet to be honest go and run up on a mountain and then have some beers and fish and chips and I felt great off it um and then about six weeks before or seven weeks before Countman in 2021 in yeah, I had decided that I would wanted to do Aberfeldy triathlon. So I had been doing quite a lot of um, of triathlon, but I'd been training with my dad. So I'd actually done quite a lot of the longer stuff and and carrying on the Monroe running. Um, so then about seven weeks before Keltman, some additional slots became available, and and Dad said, "Go on, I think you could do it. Mm-hmm. You've done all the training." Um, so yeah, and then I just kind of said, "Okay, let's go for it." <laughs> So you, your dad's obviously a, a, a big sort of inspiration and obviously you're a cyclist, but, but I also think your sister's not a bad triathlete yes. as well when it comes to Keltman as well. So can you sort of share some of that? Yeah, so my sister um, won Keltman in, I think it was 2015. Um, and uh, she's very, she's more crazy than me. Um, I remember when we would be at Christmas and she'd be doing, uh, like a hundred miles on Boxing Day, and I would never do that. I would not advise that. That's not that's not required. So I looked at her and I thought, God, what what are you doing? That's just like terrible. So I never really thought that that would be something that I would do. Um, but then we have a our our family have a house on the west coast of Scotland, and my sister actually lives there now, um, with her husband and and my niece. Um, so. The Countman has always meant a lot to us on a, a personal level and that area of Scotland we love it so much and then whenever we drive from Aberdeen to the west my dad is always oh in this part in Countman and this part in Countman oh and the Countman course goes there and I'm dad I know the Countman course so <laughs> so I've been kind of lectured about Countman, 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 Countman and I think also because it got delayed from 2020 to 2021 almost had a year of my dad going Countman, 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 Countman so then I kind of okay right what is this count man about <laughs> and have you ever have you ever actually competed against your sister no um so she doesn't really do the uh, triathlon stuff anymore she still oh. does lots of uh, hill running and i'm sure she'll be doing some crazy 100 mile oh she's pregnant actually um for the second <laughs> time so i'm sure after that she'll be uh, back doing some kind of crazy long running so, so your, dad's a, your dad's a great cyclist uh you nearly made the Olympics. You was top forty in modern day pentathlon, and you you and a world champ. And your sisters won the Keltman. Um, so I think there's probably some genetics going on there as well. Would you say? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. We do have a, our in our family. It's very much like 
on the weekend it's kind of oh what what exercise are you doing where, where which hill are you running up so it's very normal for us it's not um I'm very lucky in that you know if I want to go out on my bike for three or four hours that's not uh that's not seen that that's not seen as something that's oh why would you do that it's just kind of what we're all doing anyway so that helps because it normalizes it yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So so if we just move on to uh, the Keltman first, let's talk about the yeah. Keltman. So we've got athletes on the call. Some of them do sprint. Some of them do uh, Olympic. Some of them are doing half Ironman. Um, can you just explain what the Keltman and the extreme triathlon is, just so that everyone understands that? Yeah. So uh, extreme triathlons um, are long distance triathlons, but with crazy extreme elements so the Keltman is I think they say it's a 3.6k swim but I think it's closer to 3k um, which is a good thing less time with the jellyfish and um, the cycle is 200 kilometers um, on some uh, west coast roads so you've got an element of wind to deal with and then the run is a marathon which goes up to uh, Monroe's so I think it's like 1500 meters of elevation that's a high course if the weather is good if the weather is bad they have a low course um, which I think has about seven or eight hundred meters of elevation but the terrain is very technical so I think a lot of people think that the low course is easier than it is it's still very challenging after doing it this year I can definitely say it's very challenging don't underestimate it um, so yeah just Ironman type events although they would kill me if I said I used extreme, <laughs> described extreme triathlon as Ironman type events but with kind of more elements of either hillier hillier um, runs or, or cycles and then you also have a support crew so you have somebody going around in a car with you to give you water or nutrition because there's no um, places to stop for nutrition there's no aid stations um, so it's like almost like a team event yeah 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 no thanks thanks for that i think you know i i i was up there last year um and the headwinds and the the, the jellyfish you know it, it does make it extreme i think i think it says what it does on the tin um you yeah. can safely say that um so you you mentioned that you've got a slot um seven weeks before the event is that is that right yeah that's right so so can you just talk through how do you train for an extreme triathlon like the Kelman. Could you just talk us through, you know, how you how do you approach yeah. that? So in in 2021, I'd actually already done quite a lot of the training. I joined my dad for the longer bike rides, and I had done some long days in the hills. So about seven weeks before, I wasn't going to panic to do anything ridiculous and injure myself. It was really just about staying consistent and carry on doing what I was doing I think I maybe add in a few more uh, hilly hilly days and then I tried to um I put uh, I didn't have a TT bike at this point so I just had my road bike so I put um TT bars on and tried to get comfortable in that kind of position um and thought a bit about where I would how I would um do hydration I got one of the front hydration things and just the small yeah. things how I was going to do the day I mean I did a little bit of practice on nutrition but probably should have done much more um but really it was just about keeping consistent I would say that this year or in training for Countman in 2022 I kind of started training in um October and I would I built up actually quite quickly to maybe around 70k per week running which with and tried to have about maybe two or three thousand meters of elevation in that so quite a decent amount of elevation maybe 10 hours of cycling and like one or two swims but in hindsight so that that was a, a that's a lot of training and I was able to do that around having a job luckily I have no other dependencies so that was it it was yeah. work and count man um and, and it was a lot and I was very consistent in it and I managed to keep that going each each week um and and I and I felt good off of it um but since 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 um Norseman this year I then tried to kind of go go back up to what I had used to be doing in a different environment and it was too much and I got injured so it's a big learning for me because what I did for Countman isn't necessarily 
it it doesn't it doesn't work for everything everybody it also i you need to take into other stresses in your life um for example with work i'm doing quite a bit of traveling at the moment and yeah. i really i take that into consideration okay i'm not going to do x and y because i'm tired from traveling and just giving myself a little bit more um grace i would say yeah. um and recognizing that i'm a human but in general, for Countman and these extreme races, I think the best thing you can do is get on the trails for running. It's different to running on road. It's a, it's di- you need more ankle stability and doing a few trail runs really gets your eye into things. Don't worry too much about the high course for, for the mountain because when you get to that point, it's a hike. Um, so it's about doing time on feet. Sometimes it's better, I would say it's better to go for a hike, a hill walk up a Monroe at the weekend, a long hill walk, which you're maybe on your feet for four or five hours, then a one hour run. The, yeah. these ty- it, it's a different way of approaching things. Um, being comfortable on the bike, you're gonna be on that bike for a long time. So just being able to be in that position, again, it's not about how fast you can go for one or two hours. It's about being comfortable and being consistent because after a six hour ride, you've then got to run for five hours. So, yeah. um, I think it's about approaching it in just a slightly different way. And as I said, just being consistent, being able to go from day to day. And that means you have to be flexible because sometimes you're tired. You've taken a long time to recover for, from, 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 from one that training day longer than you, you think you might have recovered in, in your plan. You maybe you have the next day, Oh, I do this run, but actually you're tired. So it's about listening to yourself, trying to find the balance. Work is sometimes stressful. Um, taking, allowing all these things to come in and just um, trying to ride the wave. I, f- yeah. I think I just threw a million things. So yeah, sorry no, for anyone no. trying to listen. It was no, so we're, we're, we're gonna We're going to record this so that we can play it, play it back. But <laughs> the other question, um, because of, I guess, you live up there, you said your parents have got a house on the course. Did you do a lot of race-specific things actually in Torridon and around that part of the world? So I didn't do any, I did one cycle uh, where I did the hilly part of the of the bike course on my TT bike because I was worried about the, the gearing that I wouldn't have. So this was just the year that just happened. So I maybe did like one or two things. So if you can get out to see the course, I definitely would recommend it. It's it's worth it. Um, just to know which part, which which turn, how how the course feels. Riding a course is different to kind of looking at photos. So if you can get out to have a look at it, I would really recommend it because then you can also visualize it the week before. And every time you visualize or you imagine yourself doing it, it it makes it less scary. So it's yeah. like thinking about it now oh my goodness how on earth am I going to do this but actually visualizing yourself doing it it becomes more manageable um but then also just riding your bike outside in Scotland is good enough (laughs) It's, it's pretty good training you've got wind you've got potholes you've got all that crap to deal with so um I think just getting outside on your bike and sometimes in bad weather I wouldn't not not crazy bad weather where it's like snowing and it's dangerous but when it's a bit windy and you could have the option to go inside sometimes it's good to to go outside and then also near Sterling you got the Ockles right so yeah yeah pretty great training there um so I think you can do a lot with uh yeah being based in based in Scotland yeah I totally agree it makes us certainly harder athletes when we go and do these flat courses elsewhere in the world it, it, it it's uh we're probably a little bit stronger um, exactly. So I, I said in the, the intro, your first event, first round from was Keltman, and you, you rock up 13 hours, 8 minutes and 26 seconds, and you won it by 11 seconds. So can you just talk me through that last, you know, you and the, what was, who was the lady that you beat? Uh, the, the, oh my goodness, I should know it, her name. Uh, Miriam. Miriam. Miriam, yeah, Miriam. Miriam. Miriam yeah. So can you just talk us through that, that, you know, that last home stretch, what was going through your mind? Yeah. and so um because they actually started from a staggered start it wasn't as sprint finish as a lot of people think um so i knew i had started as one of the one of the front uh, people in the in the swim because i didn't want to stand in the queue and wait to go um so i actually overtook miriam about i'm gonna say a kilometer 
from the finish line. Um, but I knew that I would have had probably started a far ahead. So I just basically sprinted as fast as I could. Now, in hindsight, I'm thinking, oh, maybe we should have crossed the line together because 11 seconds over that distance is just crazy. crazy. You, can, um, you can put a bet on that. That's that's far too close, isn't it? You know, for, it is, for ultra endurance. Yeah. It, and, it, then having, and then having won it in 2021, what made you go back? So I think... I've already said it's a very special race for me and it means a lot. But what I didn't want to happen was I knew I was doing Norseman and I know that I I know that, that the high high performance mindset doesn't work with me and being so focused on one thing that doesn't work for me. So I entered Countman basically to take my mind off Norseman. <laughs> um Norseman is in in August. So it's like you're training for ages and age and it's never getting there and the summer's here but the race is still not here whereas Countman is in June so it's quite nice as soon as you get into kind of April May you're kind of oh it's almost there so I really just sent I, I, I did it because I, I didn't just want to be focused on Norseman which right. is maybe a ridiculous um thing but but, but it but, helped <laughs> but going there second time as like the champion you talked about the pressure that you was under when you did modern pentathlon what was it like going back as that clearly the favourite the second time? I think it's quite nice because these events are kind of are pretty low key and everybody's so friendly. And because it's such a crazy extreme event, you're all just cheering everybody else on. So it's more like a team environment. You're kind of all there doing something ridiculous. And I don't necessarily think it's about, yes, I did want to win, but Actually, I just wanted to perform how I knew I could perform. I had done lots of great, great training in the in the run up. And I just wanted to almost express myself and show what I was capable of. And I think I was confident within my own ability. I'd done it week in, week out for months. So um, I didn't sleep a wink before like not not even a wink and I was I remember lying there being like oh my god it's 12 o'clock oh it's one o'clock oh I'm getting up in an hour so if you don't sleep the night before you don't need it one night not what sleeping for one night it doesn't it doesn't do anything um and but that point when I was trying to sleep I was like this is I'm never doing this again this is way too stressful but as soon as you put your wetsuit on it's you just find your flow and yeah. um and yeah it 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 all it all came together and because you have the support crew it's so nice you're never really on your own there yeah. there's yeah. people cheering you on and supporting you so yeah yeah so you win that the count off the second second time 2022 you've then got six weeks build up into Norseman okay yeah. now the Norseman I think it's been described as probably one of the world's toughest triathlons and it's a really iconic event so what what makes it so iconic um i don't really know because in my mind a countman is a better event <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, i hope sure it's not listening to this podcast after <laughs> um so uh, i guess it's it was like the start of these extreme triathlons right so um and it is just really famous most people know about norseman everybody in norway knows about norseman um and the the bike course is incredible it's so beautiful the road surface is amazing and um the view from the from the top is also is also incredible so yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty amazing race definitely if you have the chance to is it a lot colder who nope. wins on the cold um this okay this year on the bike it was it was pretty cold at for maybe the for i would say like a, a 30 kilometer stretch it was very cold um but then you then you go down and once you're kind of down to yilo which is halfway through you then have some hills and from that point onwards it was fine and then the run is definitely warmer i think it, people can maybe be if you're coming from scotland especially you can maybe be um think oh it's just going to be really cold whereas actually it be, can be quite humid for the first part of the run which is quite flat um so yeah if you're doing Norseman that's something just to be aware of that it can be much warmer than you think at that section yeah yeah and did you have to sort of change your training going into a slightly different course how did you adapt so I what, what did I had so I had six weeks I think six weeks in between so I had two weeks recovery from Countman because I was 
totally dead. <laughs> um, and then my plan was to try and have, no, I think it maybe had seven weeks. So then my plan was to try and have like a three week block and then two weeks going in. It ended up being a two and a half week block because I was so dead by like the, the, the end part, which I was like, okay, I just need to taper now. But what I tried to do was some key sessions. So I did the, um, the Bilich Naba, which is, uh, mm-hmm. the, which is quite close to the Keltman. It's a, it's a, hill a pretty famous hill climb so i cycled around the bilik peninsula and then i ran up the bilik because i thought that was the closest thing that i could get to zombie Zombie hill Hill. yeah yeah and i did like i did a i did a tt race or a tt bike ride into a hill race um which was i think the week after so i did a few of these kind of key things but i I tried to keep everything else almost less because I I knew that I'd done all the work from before Countman. So it wasn't about add, panicking, adding anything extra. It was just about a few more key days, but really just making sure mentally I, I was ready to push myself to the limit again. And uh, physically my body was, was feeling okay. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's really, that's really great. So what I'd like to understand is Keltman where you obviously it's it's in Scotland you can probably stay at your parents house you won't get much sleep but it's on the course going to another country can you just talk through some of the logistical challenges you've got flights you've got you know losing bikes potentially what you know can you just talk through that because some of our athletes will be traveling and and competing internationally so the mistake I made was I hadn't even thought of Norseman until after Keltman. So I'm very lucky that my uh, dad was totally on it. He'd already booked accommodation without even talking to me. I know, totally spoiled. I'm very, very lucky. Um, and then I think the week after Keltman, we sat down and we thought, okay, how are we, how are we going to do the flight? And do I want to try and see the course? Like when, when should we go? And in the end, I went on Wednesday and I flew to Oslo. And we then stayed at uh, Gausterblik, which is opposite Gaustertoppen on, I think it was, yeah, on the on the Wednesday night. So, oh no, maybe we flew on the Tuesday. So on the Wednesday night, and then we drove the bike course backwards so I could see it, um, which was awful, terrible. I was like, how on earth is anybody meant to cycle over this? Because when you drive, you know, you hit the hills so quickly. And I was like, this is, this is, this is terrible what I'm doing here. Um, and then I definitely think that on the on the Thursday I was like pretty excited and 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 got to Edgeford and and I was kind of wow this is amazing. But then the Friday I was like, what on earth am I doing here? This is I, I had another terrible night's sleep on the Thursday, and uh, and and I was I was really panicking and I was thinking I'm totally out of place here. What am I doing? Um, and and I and I remember thinking I'm never doing this again because of the, the the stress. But then it was the same thing that happened. As soon as I put my wetsuit on the morning of the race, you've done the training, you've done the work. As soon as you you know how to swim, you know how to yeah. cycle. So I think what I would say about the logistics is plan early. <laughs> don't, don't plan early. Think about how you're going to do things. I think arriving somewhere earlier to make sure that you can. Okay, you might not be sleeping well, but don't don't plan to arrive at midnight um and also it it is a it is a bit of a pain to get there so just kind of take that into consideration if you can go a few days before it's the most expensive they say it's a free t-shirt it's the most expensive t-shirt you will ever have in your life (laughs) so um it's definitely an investment but if you're going to do it then it's better just to be as well rested as possible and then on the the week before I mean I hardly did any training I think I was doing like a few 15 minute runs and I cycled my bike for like half an hour just to check everything was was working but is the absolute minimum really just okay I still feel okay I still I I feel fine but not really any training that would take anything out of me yeah okay that's good now you, you mentioned um on the Keltman, uh, you didn't sleep before the race. And then you mentioned on Norseman, you're a bit nervous. Do you have any sort of, you know, strategies or anything that sort of calm you down before a race that you could share? Well, I think I need some strategies. If I'm going to do another one of these races, I definitely, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be asking you guys, have you got any strategies? <laughs> no, I think um, what, what I found works well with me is like, I, this is going to sound, I like to imagine or think of the training that I've done 
and and like think of the maybe you know when you're lying in bed think of a long bike ride that I did and try and just picture each part of that and how it felt and kind of that free free mindset that you get when you're riding your bike or a, a hill run that I did and uh, thinking of different 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 places that I could explore different places that I want to run when I get back from this race or whatever or different cycles that I want to do so I like to take my mind off it from thinking of what I've done already and and what I'd like to do in the future um and then this because the thing is when you put your wetsuit on you'll be fine it it just melts all that all that just melts away and um and you find your you find your rhythm and um and yeah for me I, I just think it's it's that that bit before that it's the it's the biggest challenge almost yeah did you find because I know the Norsemen they put you on a ferry and then take you out of the swim so did you find being on that ferry you're almost like you know you're there's more tension before the race than if you're just standing at the side with your family and friends because you're just on your own aren't you there's no support yeah on the ferry. but it's then just you. in yeah in the Keltman you still you have to go in a bus so it's kind of similar to that but I was I was kind of with some Scottish people um and they were kind of rabbiting on and I was like okay I can't I can't talk so I I kind of went I kind of ran away ended up going to the toilet and basically ran away and then sat upstairs on my own and I just like to have like some alone time before before those kind of types thing um so yes it's 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 definitely a lot of like apprehension and you can be like looking at other people. But for me, I just find that just taking myself away and just kind of being calm, you've done all the hard work, the logistics is done. You're there, nice deep breaths. Um, and then once you get into the water, it's, it's, that's it. Yeah. It'll all so, yeah, go away. So you're in the, you're in the race, you know, it's going to be a long day. Uh, you, you know, you've only got to worry about your transitions. You've got a support crew. Um, can you just talk me through nutrition? Because you mentioned in training yeah. that you had. So talk me through. You know, what do you, what do you eat? You know, what do you plan for? How often do you eat? How, how do you, how do you sort of prepare for that? So I'm definitely not the best at this, um, and I should definitely try and improve it. Um, if if I if I want to kind of go faster or whatever. But for, so for me, um, I settled on jam sandwiches for. Um, for Norseman and it was like this thin these like bagel thins that you get because like proper bread you're not going to be able to 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 take that in so like quite thin bread and um then I also have like bananas and um naked bars which my dad loves he would never let me go to a race without these naked bars <laughs> he, he swears by them I'm not so sure but um and then from an eating perspective I try to eat something maybe every half an hour and something semi-decent every hour so maybe it would be like half a sandwich on the hour and then it would be like could be like half a bar for the half an hour um but I also just tried to eat as really as much as I could on the bike um but it's total it's total guesstimation so I'm not the best for this at all but for me I I don't want to go into those uh, I maybe maybe I would if I was doing it again but um I i I didn't really have time to kind of go into what exactly should I be eating and I knew I could and kind of knew my body from Keltman and before so I just tried to trust my instinct and I did get sick on the bike on the last part of the bike um, and I actually got sick in Keltman as as well so this is why maybe you shouldn't um, shouldn't listen to me from this this respect but what I found was okay I'm being sick it's fine. It doesn't matter. I think a lot of people would panic. Oh my goodness, I'm being sick. I'm throwing up. This is gonna. My race is ruined. I didn't let it like phase me at all. Um, and then when I came to the run, I actually felt great. So maybe I had been eating too much. Um, but maybe I guess experimenting with what you're eating in 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 training. And I think because these events are so long, and they're much longer than a normal Ironman. I really do think that actually eating something proper rather than just having gels and um, the the powder that goes into your drink is is really good not only for like your body but also I think it helps your mind as well that you're actually eating something. Um, but as I said, this is I remember looking at the the debrief from the winning male and he had put like 
70 or whatever how many grams of carb per hour and how many sodium and how many this and I was like x number of jam sandwiches um, <laughs> so you're sponsored yeah. by Robinson's are you <laughs> <laughs> Um, but one thing on the nutrition which is really helpful for me is I had these salt pills um and they're like I well there was chewable salt tablets and then also these pills which it it literally just looks like a pill and it's got salt in it and I found that really helpful because I don't really like drinking really salty stuff um and I sweat quite a lot so um the salt pills were actually I would say a game changer this this year yeah Brilliant. So salty jam sandwiches is your, your advice or peanut butter yeah. and jam jelly. Maybe that get you sorting. Yeah, but maybe peanut butter not so good on the belly. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, uh, <laughs> no, that, no, thanks for sharing that. And, and I think, you know, practicing nutrition, I think we've all made yeah. mistakes and it is very much a personal thing, isn't it? Trial and error. Um, yeah. And I think the real food, when you've got something that you, that you know that you like, uh, it can have a, a massive mental motivator. It yeah, lifts you, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I've yeah. heard a lot of people. I didn't have it, but I've heard a lot of people having Snickers, um, when they're on a on a really like tough section. So, um, yeah, maybe there's something that's good to try as well. All right, brilliant. Um, so when you describe the difference between a sort of X try and a classic iron distance event, you said about the support crew. So you know, how can you talk? How do you pick your crew? What do you expect from them? How did you sort of you know practice with that crew so they know you because it's a whole nother dynamic yeah. isn't it so I'm really lucky that I had my family um so my mom and my dad were my support crew at Norseman um my mom dad sister brother-in-law support crew at Keltman it was actually so Keltman the first year when my dad was doing it I had friends who were my support crew um and I think it's just about having trust you have to have somebody that you've kind of been through I would say not tough times but you've maybe done some they they understand the elements of uh, endurance racing or the they, they kind of understand the craziness of the event not so easy to maybe find those people um I think if you have yeah a husband or somebody who has seen your training that's really helpful um but I think it's just about having trust with your support crew and um, recognizing that they're there it's it's a day for them as well I think that that was the biggest thing about Norseman I felt my parents had you know they they'd come all the way to Norway with me for for me to do this race so I wanted them to have a good day I didn't want to be a dick <laughs> and I think it's not helpful if you, even when you're feeling absolutely crap and you want to stop or you're just you're in a really low point it's not helpful to be take that out on your on your support crew and um, you can you can kind of rely on them by saying I'm I'm finding this tough but then they'll then they'll help you out of it so I would say there's there's don't forget that um and and trying to kind of almost support your support crew I find for me it's helpful you know when I saw my mom was standing out there in Norway when it was freezing and she was wearing shorts I was are you are you okay and it's actually I, I actually I get so much out of that um and like working together it, it feels like you're not alone um so having trust and um being nice to your support crew yeah, yeah. I would say is it and then I guess it comes down to as well when you're they 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 are yeah they're supporting you in doing this so yeah they're you, allowing did, you to do what you want to do sorry and yeah. did did you have a member of your family doing the run with you was it your dad or did you have yeah else so to... in in the count in sorry in the Norseman I had you have to have somebody for the last five k and um I was a we were all a bit worried that dad wouldn't be able to keep up with me um and I did try to look for someone else actually when we got there. <laughs> We're ready this part but, out, <laughs> but then it it, it didn't it it, uh, it it ended up being way too complicated. So and then in the end, by the time we got to Zombie Hill, uh, or by the time we got to the point where I needed Dad to go with me, I was already quite far ahead anyway. So it was um yeah it it was it was fine. 
Um, but yeah, he was so annoyed when he when he found out that I was trying to like <laughs> someone else. He was like, I can't believe this. I've been so the, training the, for you, really. I, I guess I guess the positive side of you, Dan, doing the run, he didn't have to clean your bike. <laughs> oh, he had to do that afterwards. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, no the, the 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 bike wasn't so bad in North Run. It was yeah, it was. But that's the thing. The roads are just amazing. Yeah, amazing roads. <laughs> so so you've done. Norseman, you've 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 won it on your debut, and you are now the ex- female X Trial World Champion. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? It's quite cool. <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but it's pretty cool. <gasps> so what what's what's next? Yeah, I think this is probably the hardest. Well, the past few months I've found definitely quite challenging, um, because everything happened quite quickly, and it was just building from one thing to the next to the next. I started a new job in Norway two days after Norseman, um, and it was a lot of change very quickly. Um, and then it came, kind of came to October, and I still didn't have a, really have a. I didn't know what I wanted to do next, and I felt like I was I was kind of missing my my drive, missing my spark, and a little bit lost so I tried to get back into into the same training I had doing, been doing before but I didn't take into consideration that this was a new job a new country things were different I'm was running more on roads because I wasn't able to get to the trails as much and I got a stress fracture which is quite a big injury um but I actually think it's probably the best thing that could have happened to me because I found myself falling into this uh high performance mindset and thinking okay you know now I've done this I better make sure that x y and z is lined up so that I'm able to 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 do whatever it is that I'm that I'm going to do next because everybody keeps asking what's next what's next um so having this injury just really allowed me to or forced me to take a step back and give my body the rest that it needed to after such a big year and actually year and a half even doing Countman two years in a row it's a huge toll on the body um and now I'm just yeah, I'm recovered and I'm, I'm getting back into things um, and I'm absolutely loving it it's fantastic to be able to be in the hills again running and get back on my bike I'm heavier than I was before I'm nowhere near as fit as I was before but I'm just loving the process and I feel yeah. that it I feel like I am back where I started when I was first enjoying it where I'm just finding the different hills and okay pushing a little bit here or or um, going a little bit further on the bike or or that that kind of thing so I don't know what's next um, but I yeah I think that after these events just the post events blues is a very big thing um so give yourself some time to just uh take a step back and uh listen to your body and don't don't force yourself to because i think maybe your body recovers what one or one month i don't know how much one month six months yeah. six weeks afterwards but actually your mind can take take a long time to recover from from something yeah. like this yeah. so uh just just be kind to yourself um it's yeah. a lesson i learned the hard way but yeah. yeah, no. Well, it's great to see you getting over the injury and getting back out on the trail. So, I mean, do you have a bucket list of events and what would be on that list? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I need a bucket list of events because for me, it was just all about Countman. So um, I probably, I probably, I keep, I keep changing my mind left, right and centre is what I want to do this year. Um, and I still haven't landed on something. I don't, I don't know suggestions anybody got any suggestions we'll ask, the, we'll um, ask the audience in a minute yeah <laughs> i'm not sure i need a bucket list <laughs> and 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 because you started out in modern pentathlon you shifted to triathlon is there another shift to another sport or would you stay doing these sort of endurance based yeah so activities? well the all uh, definitely endurance I really like the endurance stuff, so I would definitely stick with that. But I recently started uh, cross-country skiing uh, in Norway, and I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, I'm not very good at it, um, but I think if I'm staying in Norway for next winter as well, I don't I don't really know how long I'll, I'll be still in Norway. But if I'm in Norway for next winter, maybe I would dabble in some of these uh, kind of they have they have like a, from A to B type 
yeah. races, um, almost like sportives, but uh, cross-country skiing. So I think that is something that I would like to try. And also, I think being injured gave me that, oh, there's something else I can do. I think if I wasn't injured, I'd still be, oh, but I got to ride my bike. I, I can't spend the day cross-country skiing because I because I because I should be riding my bike and it's the that kind of mindset I need to I know for me it's not healthy it's great to have a balance and to do different things and um, to not take it too seriously yeah and I thought is it is it biathlon where they cross country ski and then shoot yes so you yes. can almost come full circle you, you know yeah I no I, I have been thinking about that but um yeah I, I definitely the cross country skiing needs a lot of work but who knows? Maybe, yeah, I maybe know, I know there's a, it's really big in the Nordics and there's a lot of rivalry between Norway, Finland and Sweden. Yes. So, so you could be the first Scottish person to win the, uh, <laughs> The, the 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 winter olympics up there for yeah, us yeah maybe the olympic dream will be yeah, will, will be like full circle <laughs> brilliant okay um thanks for that so um just before we sort of we're asked if, if there's any more questions um but before we do that so we start off the course so, yeah what is what does high performance mean to you and you gave us a really sort of great answer but if you would sort of boil that down into you know what are the sort of three non-negotiables that you would say look look to, to lead a high performance life these are three things that are important to you what would they be that we could take away and start to focus on as individuals be consistent yeah definitely it's the most important thing above anything else be consistent in a way that you can be that works with your lifestyle and the different stresses in your life prioritize sleep that's um, something, it's a very easy thing, but we can, and it's not very good when I'm saying, oh, I can't sleep, but whatever, but um, prioritize sleep. And sometimes it's better to sleep in in the morning rather than getting up to do that turbo training session or, or whatever it is you have planned and enjoy the journey. Just, you have to be enjoying this or, or else, or else why are we doing it? That's, you know, we're, we're not professional athletes. It's, we've all got jobs and um, other ways of kind of making a living so we're doing this because we love it and we enjoy yeah. it and and that has to be the mo one of the most important well the most important thing yeah that's brilliant no great words of wisdom 